Hello and welcome to Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church located in Fremont, California. It is our prayer that today's broadcast will be a blessing to you. Let us prepare our hearts to hear the word of the Lord. dive right into our word this morning. If you have your Bibles, I'd like you to turn with me to the Gospel of John, chapter 15. And and we're going to read a a portion of Scripture, the first eight verses of this chapter, and I I want us to to hear it with fresh ears. And and I I hope that we can use it as a launching pad for this series that we're going to be in for the next several weeks that I've called Fruitful. What does it mean to be fruitful? One of the most popular analogies that Jesus used actually is throughout the Old and New Testament is this this metaphor, this imagery of a vine. And so God is using uh, this this, uh, picture of of a vineyard and a master gardener to give us a picture of his love and faithfulness for us. John 15, verses 1 to 8. If you have it, say, I got it. it. Hear the word of the Lord. I am the true vine, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. If you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you remain in me and my words remain in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. This is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourselves to be my disciples." Bow with me, please. Father, as we come to your word this morning, God, we are hungry, we are thirsty to receive what you have for us this morning. Each one of us come into this this house of worship with our family, our brothers and sisters, and no matter what our story is, no matter where we are in our journey, one thing is true, we need an encounter with the living God this morning. So, Father, remove the messenger. Shut out everything that hinders and distracts and allow your spirit. God, give us a double portion this morning that we may be refreshed and refilled by the power of your spirit in our lives. God, send your angels around this place. Make this holy ground that you may accomplish and your word may accomplish all that you ordained this day. Be glorified. Be glorified in this place. And all God's children said, amen. 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 
Good morning, family. First, it's, it's good to be back. I have uh, been back east and doing some traveling, uh, had some appointments with our denomination and, and uh, went, went back east and saw some of my family, but it is good to be back with my church family. Amen. Um, I heard Pastor Long said that if I didn't show up this Sunday, sent out a search party. No need for that. I made it back. Uh, and, I, and I'm excited about what we're going to be spending the next couple of weeks uh, leading into the series. I, I listened to the sermon, a uh, couple of sermons from Pastor Long, and it was, it was such a great segue for this series. Powerful word. And he was bringing us back into focus about what is our purpose? And, and that purpose is the foundation by which we are going to move forward to have powerful and effective lives. And so I grabbed a line. Actually, it's the first thing he said at the beginning of the sermon last week that, that so seamlessly flowed into where we want to go. So I, I want to quote him. He says, without a purpose, your life has no direction and ends up fruitless. Without a purpose, if you don't understand it, if we're lost or fuzzy about our purpose We are like a ship blowing on an open sea, and we aren't able to focus in, and that means that the fruitfulness in our lives disappears. And so there is this direct correlation between getting a hold on your purpose and bearing fruit in this life. And so I I, want to begin to unpack this idea of fruitfulness. I want to give us a little more clarity about what does it mean to have a fruitful life in the way that God designed us for. And so I want to to throw this out as we begin to unpack this, that that perhaps one way to find your purpose, because a lot of people spend their whole lives wondering, what's my purpose? What am I here for? What's significant about my life? And and, and I want to say that there may be an inverse relationship to this also, that if you look for areas of your life where you see fruit being born, then that might give you an indication of the purpose that God has for you. Your purpose calls fruitfulness, and your fruitfulness gives you an indication of your purpose. So I want us to start thinking about where do I see God moving? And by the way, that's an important distinction, that, that when it's real fruitfulness, it doesn't come from you, it comes from God moving through you. It's a fruitfulness that that happens almost effortlessly because you just see that God places you in positions and things happen and and, and you're you're just naturally wired for certain situations and and certain circumstances that that you just find yourself almost an observer to how God moves when you enter into certain situations. And we got to be mindful. We got to see those and live into them because that will give us an indication of what the special gifting and and purpose God has for our lives. Now, there's one other aspect of fruitfulness that I I, I want us to spend a lot of time with over the next couple of weeks because I think we miss it. And it's it's to me maybe the primary indicator of, of the true fruitfulness that God has for us. And so again, I want to define it, and I want to go back to the beginning. The first time we see this concept of fruitfulness is all the way back in Genesis at the very beginning. And he says, he's made creation day and night and land and water and stars. And so man is here and and Eve is here, and and he's beginning to, to send us out on this mission. He says, go forth, be fruitful, and multiply. 
Now, in the immediate context, that certainly is talking about God sending man out to propagate, and he even says subdue and, and steward the earth. And so we're talking about physical propagation. And so there is a multiplication that happens from the physical, and, and we're pretty good at that one. Not a lot of preaching around physical multiplication necessary. Got a pretty good hold on that. But I want to say that this, this fruitfulness is not just in the physical. There's an equally important spiritual parallel to our fruitfulness. And one of the key markers is still how it benefits or manifests itself in our lives. So here's the chain I want us to see, that, that we start with this understanding that there is a purpose that God has created us for. And once we get a hold of that purpose, we begin to see it manifest itself in fruitfulness in our lives. And then once fruitfulness starts to happen, the ultimate result of fruitfulness, catch this, is multiplication. Multiplication comes from fruitfulness. Now, where am I getting that from? Because I want you to hear this. In any tree, in any, any fruit that you've ever seen, there was one purpose for fruit, reproduction. That's all fruit does. It, it is an it is a, it is a outcome of the, of the plant trying to make itself desirable. Oftentimes that some animal will come along and grab that fruit and go put it somewhere else in a fertile environment that it may reproduce itself. So the purpose of fruitfulness isn't to accumulate, it's to replicate. And so when we think about this and the fact that God has placed his very spirit, the, the, the DNA, the wiring of God himself has been planted in us as seeds, then that means that the multiplication in my life should look like the multiplication of my father. And that whenever there is a replication, no matter how many generations it is down the line, the last one should reflect and look like the original source that it came from. So when I'm thinking about this idea of fruitfulness, I would ask you, where are the areas in your life where you are multiplying the very spirit and character of God? That's true spiritual multiplication. And we get it a little confused because we think so often of of replication and multiplication and fruitfulness in this very temporal, uh, earthly, uh, tangible space. Am I fruitful in my career? Am I fruitful with, with my relationships? Am I fruitful in accumulating status and prosperity? And those things are valid, but those are side benefits of the true fruitfulness that God has designed you for. And that's my first point. If you don't hear anything else today, this is the point I want you to take away. God designed you for fruitfulness. It's not certain people. It's not certain qualifications. It's not certain education or certain characteristics. If you are a child of God, you have been designed to be a fruitful multiplier during your life. Where do I get that from? Well, the first one comes right from our our verse that we had in John 15. Let let me give you verse 5 of that again. I am the vine, you are the... Actually, let me back up to verse 1. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. So what he's saying is there is a garden, and God the Father is the one who tends the garden. He makes sure the weeds are pulled. He makes sure the sprinkler system is on. He makes sure the fertilizer is applied to the soil, and Jesus is the vine in the garden. So what does that mean? 
I don't have to worry about, is the environment right or am I connected correctly to the source? That's taken care of. The Father and the Son have guaranteed that the environment is correct. Verse number five, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It's not a question. It's not up for debate. If you remain in God, fruitfulness is the result of your life. If you remain in God, multiplication will happen in your life. If you are in in, in the Word of God, in the presence of God, if the Spirit of God is inside of you, then you will be a replicator of the DNA of the character of your Father who you are a copy of. It's promised. Well, I got problems. I got got some past. I got some issues. I've got some things that have knocked me down and caused me to have some some, some stumbling blocks in my way. Well, well, Paul addresses that. He says, um, what shall we say in response to these things? For if God is with us, who can be against us? He knows that there's some challenges coming. And he says, no, in all of those challenges, in all of those obstacles, we are more than conquerors. There is a victory that's guaranteed by the Spirit of God. No matter what your health crisis is, no matter what your job crisis is, no matter what your marriage crisis is, nothing can get in the way of God's powerful movement in your life. You are designed to be a powerful multiplier of the presence of God through your life. He says in all of these things, we are more than conquerors through him who strengthens us. And then I love what he says at the end of our verse from chapter 15. He says this uh, in verse 8. He says, this whole thing is for my father's glory that you bear much fruit. My daddy is showing off in your life. He's taking the stumbling blocks. He's taking the failures. He's taking the the, the infirmities. He's taking the broken areas. And he's going to bear fruit in spite of your situation because he wants the glory through your life. God isn't afraid of our stumbling blocks. God isn't afraid of our failures. God isn't worried that we don't have it all together because he loves taking broken jars of clay and putting them back together and filling them up with his divine spirit and putting them on display so that people can see how great our God is in spite of the broken vessels he uses. You're designed for it. Let me give you one more. In Ephesians chapter 2, verse 10, Paul makes it very clear. He says, for we, for you, are God's handiwork, masterpiece, custom-made creation, created in Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance. Not because you had a revelation about God. Not because you got a degree that prepares you to be an expert in a certain field. Not because you come from this pedigree or background. Before we started breathing, God had a good work in store for us. And he says, nothing can separate you from my love. And if you remain in me, if you stay connected to me, all that I had prepared in advance for you will happen in your lifetime. We're designed for it. That's what he made us for. So the reality is, there's a purpose to your purpose. (laughs) You've got a purpose, but God gave you that purpose. He gives you this ability to be fruitful because he's trying to manifest his glory through your life. 
And he wants you to be a replicator, a duplicator of the very character of Christ. And I think that's the number one indicator that we use to judge fruitfulness. So I want to again, I want to ask you again, where are the areas in your life where you see spiritual multiplication of the Father in your life? Some of us are natural-born reconcilers. We can walk into a difficult situation in work or at home or with people that are having trouble, and we just begin to somehow manifest an environment of peace. Some of us just got that touch like Joseph, that it seems like whatever project we focus on, whatever it is we're going to put our skills and energy towards, people have been trying to make this work, and they failed, and it didn't work, and you show up, and all of a sudden things just start moving. You're just gifted. It just flows. God just blesses things through you. Some of us are able to, to make people that are, that are disconnected, that are hurt, that are broken, feel like they are loved like no one else on the planet. Some of us can just detect when someone around us is hurting. We just got a radar for it. We can feel their pain and we empathize with them and we allow ourselves to enter into their pain so that they may get a blessing from God through us. There's a million ways we can see God using us to replicate his love in this broken world. And so I would encourage us to be mindful of that. And, and, and here, here's the thing. It's the most important thing you can do. Our degrees, our pedigrees, our accomplishments, those are fruitfulness, but none of those things last. The Bible makes it very clear. It says, don't worry about storing up those treasures that somebody's probably going to steal or throw away or that's going to be rotten and rusted in just a couple of years. But focus your energy on storing up those treasures in heaven that are eternal because that's your eternal destiny. And so he says, understand how I've made you. And then God also not only designed us for fruitfulness, but he put some demands on us to do it. See, God isn't always just sunshine and roses. He has some expectations for us in order to be in this incredible, vibrant, abundant life. Look at what it says in that second verse. It says um, that Jesus is the vine, his father is the gardener, and then verse number two, he says, he cuts off every branch in me, that would be Jesus, that bears no fruit. That means God is walking around with some scissors (laughs) and a big old saw looking for stuff that isn't growing the way he designed it. And he gets it out of the way so that the things that are growing can be as fruitful as possible. And, and, you know, we kind of lose this stuff because we don't live in a real agricultural society, but this this is like real logic, right? So a few years ago, you know, I'm in California, right? So you're in California, you got to plant some grapevines. So I put some grapevines in the backyard. And it's been an interesting insight into seeing what this does. And so I, I've, I'm trying to grow these vines. And I noticed that I did not do what the master gardener did. I didn't take care of the soil. I didn't make sure it had enough water. And so that's one of the things, by the way, as a quick side road, if your vine isn't very fruitful, check the environment in which you're trying to grow it in. It it brings up the question, when is the last time you put any fertilizer on your spiritual soil? 
When is the last time that you received some living water in the environment that the plant may soak it up and be lush and vibrant because it's got enough of the living water in it to finally bear fruit? So that was one insight. But what I wanted to get to is you've got this vine, and, you know, we're used to seeing the vines, and they're all green and lush and beautiful. But here's the thing. Did you know that, that only, uh, only fruit, fruit and vines only grows on brand new wood? Only the new wood produces fruit. Every year, you got to chop off everything that was fruitful last season and allow the new, the new buds to sprout and bear new fruit in this season. Now, that might be a word for somebody. Because some of us lack fruitfulness because we're still trying to hold on to three-year-ago wood. We're still remembering what was fruitful 10, 20, 30 years ago. And I'm still waiting for that old wood to bear some new fruit. But God is trying to get us to prune that off, to chop it down, because he's got a new season of fruitfulness for you. He's got a brand new thing that he's trying to birth. But we got to chop off some of the old stuff from past seasons that new fruit may have some light. Here's another thing. This is interesting. This is very true. You can have a, a, a plant that is lush. It's vibrant. It's beautiful. It's green. It looks great. It's getting all kinds of sun. And it's got these two beautiful clusters. And the gardener goes through and he chops off a third or a half of the clusters. Perfectly good clusters are grown. Why would you do that? See, what happens is even fruit that is good can compete with itself. Sometimes the vine gets more fruitful than it has capacity to maintain. And so God is trying to put premium fruit out. So what happens is we can get so used to what's good and what looks good that we're afraid to have anything that looks good get cut off of us. <laughs> you, you don't hear me this morning. We, we, we want to suck up everything that looks like it might be a blessing. And hold on to everything that looks like it might be beneficial. But God is saying, I got to cut some of these opportunities off of you because the one I'm going to leave is premium. You are premium fruit on the master's vine. And don't settle for good. Don't settle for all right. Don't settle for I'm getting by. He's got premium plans for you. He's got glorious things in store. He wants your fruit to be the best you've ever seen or tasted. But we got to allow him to do some of his work. And cut away the things that are okay, that we may receive the best of what he has for us. So we look at what he says in this idea of demanding, demanding that we be fruitful. So he says, first of all, that I'm going to cut away those things that are not uh, the best for you. And and then I think he also says, we got to remember that we have to... We have to understand that fruitfulness doesn't come by itself. It takes intentionality. I've, I've tried about nine gardens in my adult life. One year I got some tomatoes. Another year I got some collard greens. Only thing I get every year is weeds. Because it, it takes some effort to cultivate things. And you can't just put it on autopilot. You can't just live off of fumes. I can't live off my connectedness to God from 10 years ago. I can't say I went to church last month. Ooh, Easter was great. I'm still riding out Easter. (laughs) 
I, I, I got to put some work in. God demands certain things for us to remain fruitful. And, and, and the main thing, I want to give us four things just kind of quickly to say, what does fruitfulness in our lives require? What does it take to be fruitful? I want to give you these four things. The first one is it requires faithfulness. Faithfulness, which primarily means that God doesn't move when we want him to all the time. That sometimes his timeline is slower than we think it should be. That, that, that we gave God some kind of window by which we needed something to happen, and when it doesn't happen, we start, God, I don't, where you at? I did my part, God. But he says, no, you got you to hold on and be faithful. You got to wait. Here, here's an interesting story. Again, continuing this vine metaphor. If you see vines that grow in the wild, this is interesting. A vine growing in the wild is basically a weed, and it's kind of a, a shrub. And the problem with vines is that they're short. So they tended to grow in like foresty areas. So here's what the vine learned how to do. The vine learned how to grab a hold of a tree. And it would hold onto that tree, and it would begin to wrap itself around the trunk, and then it would begin to wrap itself around the branches, and the vine would finally grow up to the top of the tree where it could finally get some sunlight, and only when the vine was at the top of the tree could it get enough sunlight, and then it would start bearing fruit. That could be years. But it holds on. It perseveres. It waits till it's right season. It can't bear fruit when it's at the bottom of the tree. It's got to hold on and fight and work and grow until it gets in the season, the timing to be fruitful. Some of us want to be fruitful the first time out. I've been trying God, I've been following God about three months. I think I should be blessed right now. I think God should be doing some major things. It's been about, I went to about two Bible studies. I think God should be moving right now. We're not waiting on God to do some work. To, to, to have us understand. Here's another thing, and can I speak this truth into my, in, into, into my folks that are in this season or nearing a season of retirement? See, I, I think I'm, I'm interested in what God is doing. I think God is, is, is changing something in America, that, that we get this idea that retirement means I'm sitting on the porch with like a mint tulip with my feet up, reminiscing on the good old days. First of all, if you're in California, that's probably not going to happen for you, first of all. <laughs> not going to happen out here. But we can get to that season where we're done toiling and work and whatever, and, and we're ready to kind of sit back. But I, I think God is using this opportunity to say, no, now you're ready to be fruitful. Here's the amazing thing with, with again, grapevines. Grapevines are most fruitful when they are halfway through their life cycle. You can get some grapes off of a young vine. It'll, it'll give you a couple grapes. It'll be okay. But if you want the premium grapes, that, that vine had to endure some tough winters. It, it had to make it through some storms and some droughts. It had to deal with some animals attacking it and, and pests, it, and it had to endure that. And now that it's got roots deeply planted in the soil, it can weather the storms. It can make it through the difficult times. And now it's so fruitful, it's, it's the best it's ever been. And so can I say to some of my folks that are near retirement, God might be putting you in the most fruitful season of your entire life. Don't, don't check it in. Don't, don't, don't get to, you ready to sit back? God may be multiplying you right now. That wisdom and experience that you've gained, 
those bumps and bruises that you persevered and endured through, this might be the season where God finally places you in a place of influence to multiply the character that he's been developing in your life for 10, 20, 30 years, and he wants to explode this season in your life. The church needs your wisdom. You know, if you look at the Bible, it's so amazing. Our culture has it so backwards. You couldn't get any juice in the Bible until you were old. And nobody cared what you thought until you was probably about 70 years old. They talk about in the Old Testament, all the, all the elders were sitting on the wall watching the, the young bucks run by and waiting for them to come ask their opinion. Because we know that they are seasoned. They've been tested and found faithful. They've had some experiences that we can glean from. And God knows the church needs wisdom in this era. So please allow us to glean from you in this season that the Spirit of God may be replicated through you and be a blessing to those of us following behind. The second thing, so that that, kind of gets a little bit into my investment thing, that we got to invest ourselves in, in this kingdom body that he's put us in. And the other investment is to realize that God has planted seeds and that we are branches, but we have to work on being fruitful. I can't just expect it to happen. Let me ask you this. How many people know what your spiritual gift is? Show of hands. Okay. A good portion. I want you to know that in this next series, in the upcoming weeks, we're going to be taking some time to make sure every person connected with this family knows what your spiritual gift is. The Bible is very clear. If you are a follower of Jesus Christ, he gave you at least one gift custom made for you to accomplish the purposes that he has in your life. You got at least one, and you should know what it is. That's the first step. You got to know what God, I mean, he gave it to you to bear fruit. So I got to know what it is. But here's the second thing. Even if you know what it is, let me ask you this. What were your plans? What have you done in 2017 to develop the gift that you know you have? The year's almost over. We're in the last quarter. Has a whole nother year gone by and you haven't invested in the gift that you know God gave you. And that's just the very vehicle to make you fruitful. But so many times we just put our gifts on the shelf and don't even look at them anymore. God gave me this. This is, my, this is my power. This is my weapon. This is the thing that he gave me to look like him and multiply myself, and I haven't spent any time making it stronger. It's just like going to the weight room. You got to do some curls. A <laughs> couple of spiritual push-ups. A little time in the weight room. We got to know our gifts and say, God, I'm going to develop this so that I may be the most effective instrument for the kingdom in your hand I can possibly be. I already talked a little bit about pruning, so I'm not going to spend much time on that because it's just a necessary part of life to realize that it says that God wants us to be most fruitful, not kind of fruitful, not average fruitful, but he wants us to be the best we can be And he won't settle for letting those things in our lives that are blocking the glorious radiance of his sun shining into them. He wants those things to go so that you may receive the fullness of what he has designed you for. And so that's just a reflection thing. What what are you settling for? It's pretty good. I got a pretty good job. I make a pretty good living. My family's doing pretty well. But I'm not satisfied. There's no joy. 
I don't feel abundantly filled. I don't feel like the Spirit of God is just moving through me. I, I don't see the multiplication in my life. Then maybe it's time to allow God to prune some things and put you in the position where you can be as fruitful as he designed you to be. But how much we got to let go of some of these ideas of success? We might have to simplify our lives a little bit. We might have to challenge our priorities and see where has God really placed me? What resources has he given me? What gifts and abilities and passions can I live into and find joy in this life? And that will allow me to multiply him and his spirit working through me. This is the last one I want to end on. Faithfulness requires, I mean, fruitfulness requires faithfulness, investment, pruning, and the last one is connectedness. And this is kind of the gist of this whole this whole verse. And we know that common phrase, I am the vine, you are the branches. Apart from me, you can do nothing. But I, I want us to see this verse that is in here as often, but we, we, may not, we may not recognize the gravity of this. It says, verse number six, if you do not remain in me, you are like a branch that is thrown away and withers. Such branches are picked up, thrown into the fire, and burned. Now, again, this, this, is, this is very relevant for understanding this kind of agricultural environment. So I, I'm out in the yard, and I'm trying to learn how to prune. I'm trying to make sure I'm taking care of these plants and vines as good as I can. And so you cut off something, perfectly good-looking vine, but I realize I'm trying to get the best, so I throw it on the ground. And within 48 hours, it doesn't matter how good the fruit looked, it doesn't matter how green and vibrant the branch was, you cut that bad boy off from the source, it's withering. As soon as it's cut off from the source, it's already starting to die and decay. It could have been the most vibrant thing out there, but if it loses its connection, it's garbage. And you know what else is interesting? You know why you burn them? Because stuff that is connected, disconnected from the source is disease prone. <laughs> See, if it's on the ground, pest and other things can get to it. And so they start infecting the soil. And so since you don't want to reproduce unhealthy things, they pick them up and they get them out of the vineyard so that the things that are healthy can stay in a healthy environment. Some of us have been cut off and we're filled with diseases and we can't figure out why we're not fruitful anymore. If I'm lacking fruitfulness, the first thing I got to check, am I still connected to the source? Because when I get disconnected, that's when unfruitfulness shows up. That's when all of these ailments, that's when all of these issues, that's when all of these confusions start coming. And I feel overwhelmed because I've got no connection to the source of my strength and my protection. There's a, a story about a fig tree in the Bible, Mark chapter 3. Same analogy that Jesus and the disciples are walking through and Jesus looks over and he sees a glorious fig tree. Oh, I mean, it's green, it's lush, it's got all kinds of leaves and Jesus says, that should have some fruit on it. And so he walks over and he begins to move the leaves aside looking for the figs and there's none there. And he says, that tree's got to go. 
I got to get that out of my garden. Why? Because it's robbing resources from the things that are willing to be fruitful. (laughs) The point of that is fruitfulness comes from the inside out. See, we can put on a show of fruitfulness. Our leaves can be green and lush. We can look like we've got it all together. But on the inside, when God comes to inspect us for fruit and finds us lacking, we will find ourselves out of a position to be fruitful. We We can't allow that to happen. We can't put on the trappings of fruitfulness. God looks at it from the inside out. Spiritually, healthy people are the only ones that can be fruitful for the kingdom. And so he calls us to stay connected, to seek connectedness no matter what. And I think, I think that's the part that we got to watch out for those warning signs. We got to realize when we're getting too far away from the source and we need to turn our attention back. We can do all kinds of things. We can try to make ourselves so busy that we don't notice that we're withering on the vine. We can try to use all kinds of other things to to heal that wound, all kinds of other stimulus, all kinds of other external things, but external things can't ever make you fruitful. It only comes from the inside out. And when you feel that dry, deserted place, you got to get back to the source. I want to share something that that it's been, a, it's, it's been a difficult week for me this week. Do, do you know that no matter how long you've been following Jesus, you can still get dried out? <laughs> do, do you know that no matter how long you've been praying and singing in the choir and serving, the enemy can try to suck all of the nutrients and all the vitality out of your walk at any stage, no matter what position you have? No matter how many accolades people give on you, you can be dry. And this week, for the the strangest reason, I still don't know what God is doing. But I realized I was feeling dry. Feeling discouraged. And I've been trying, I've been working, I've been looking for God to, to multiply this, and I don't see it happening. And you know that whenever you are in that space, you know the enemy is right there. Hey, hey, you right. You right. Maybe you're not all. Maybe God's promises didn't apply to you the way you thought they did. Maybe that gift you thought you had, you know, I don't really think that's your gift. And the enemy is looking for ways to get you disconnected from your destiny. And when you see that coming, just like Jesus did, when he was out in the wilderness, he remembered God's word. He turned to what he knew was the character of God and the truth of God, and that became his strength and his shield to defend him from the attacks of the enemy. We got to stay connected when we're feeling dry. And so I did that yesterday. I want to ask you, do, do, do you have a space That is your place of renewal when you're feeling disconnected from God. What do you do? Where do you go? Honestly, a lot of believers run to a bottle. A lot of believers run to the internet. 
clicking on stuff. A lot of believers run to the mall. I'm going to buy my way out of this situation. But none of that fills the hole that God has designed for himself in our hearts. So yesterday I went out, I went out to the woods. I got my spot up near uh, Oakland Hills. And, and, and I looked for the word of God to remind me what my focus was supposed to be. I want to read this to you from Psalm 91. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress in whom I trust. And so I sat down, tried to get away from the people, and remind myself that I was God's and He is mine. Thank you for joining us for this installment of Renewing Your Mind, a web-based ministry of South Bay Community Church, located at 47385 Warm Springs Boulevard, Fremont, California. We can be found on the web at www.sobcc.org. We'd like to take a moment to invite you to come and join us in person for one of our dynamic Sunday morning worship services. Services begin at 8 a.m., and 10.30 a.m. each Sunday, and we would be so blessed to have you come worship with us. We'd also love to hear from you a word about how this ministry is helping you renew your mind for the glory of Jesus Christ. So please contact us, and we pray God's blessings over you the rest of this day. God bless.